Everyone's all dressed up in makeup, they've got no pants on. Now it's time to have a serious talk about democracy. Paul, do we even have time? It's getting really late. Larry, are you telling me that you don't have time to draft up a constitution and establish a new government for a fictional asteroid colony? Yes. As much as I want to hash out a bunch of political compromise in Imagination Land, I'm not actually willing to lose sleep over it in real life. That's okay. Mason, just have Sasha do the hard stuff. Sounds like she's taking charge anyway. Yes. The NPCs will go in a special closet somewhere while we enjoy a time skip. But first, I guess we have to get to that, Elvis. So what's your approach, Mason? Last time when we interrupted dinner, Nancy got mad. So let's go to the intercom and tell everyone that we're having a meeting in the main hall after dinner. Okay, you go to the comms room, and there's just a thin, sort of balding guy sitting there looking at one of the flashing lights on the panel. He looks nervous. You come in, and he looks up at you, slowly, and he says, The calls just keep getting closer and closer. What calls? Oh, right! The ones from outer space. Yeah, those. That's probably important. We're not supposed to answer, right? Yeah, in theory they'll shoot a nuke at us, so don't do that. Uh, which one of these buttons turns on the Colony PA system? I need to make an announcement. He hands you a microphone and flips a switch. Thanks. Attention, Colony! We have an emergency announcement to make. Please assemble in the meeting hall after dinner. Then I hang up. Keep watching that light flash, dude. Uh, if it, uh, like, I don't know, flashes another color, tell me. It only flashes one color. That's why I'd be concerned. All right, Sasha, we gotta get to the printer, pronto. All right, lay it on. You guys go down to the printer. Tiffany's eyes widen and she panics when you walk through the door. Tiffany, I need your help. I'm not helping you come up with any more campaign posters. Well, you're fired from that. I got a lot of outside criticism. Sasha and I make a much better creative team. Speaking of, Sasha, we need to make ballots. I'm going to make the first one. It just asks, should the colony leadership be determined by a voting system? After that, it says, if we were to have a voting system, please rank how long you think this leader should lead with one being the highest score for whatever you want. Put down, I don't know, six months, one year, two years, three years, five years, then who should lead? Kinsey, Padre, Mason, or none of the above. How many of these do you want? At least as many as we have people in the colony, probably more. That's going to be a lot of ink. I don't know what else to spend my money on that matters, Tiffany. Come on, we're in a rush. Tiffany gets printing. All right, Mason, what do you need me to do? Okay. Please get these ballots organized so you can pass them out really quick. I need to go and find some math nerds to help us do some counting and calculating. I'll be back for help to gather all these up. And Paul, I go down to see Deb. Deb is hanging around in maintenance. It looks like she's polishing a platform axle, but if anything out of anxiety, more than necessity. Hey Deb, could I get you for a minute? Mason, I've dug in my heels. I'm back in Kinsey. Nothing you can say is going to change my mind. Great. Then I need your help to put Kinsey in charge and get the colony back in order. I'm going to hold a vote over whether or not we should vote. If everyone says yes, then we're also going to vote for who's in charge. If everyone says no, then we can go right back to gridlock. But I need help to count the votes and figure out what won. And I was thinking your crew is about taking inventory and making sure that numbers line up. If I could ask you to count the ballots, it would mean a lot to me. Have you discussed this with Kinsey? Well, Deb, that's the thing about a vote. In this case, I pretty much don't have to. It's taking everyone's opinion of the situation and finding a consensus. Look, your opinion matters, right? So if you cast a vote, then your opinion goes into one of these slips of paper, and every vote that you count is validating one person's opinion. I just want you to help me give everyone a little bit of worth in our system. Can you help me do that? All right. All right, I suppose. 
But if you try to pull a fast one or make a fool out of everybody... The ballot questions are right here on the ballot. See? Whatever you choose, that's what it is. No fools. And what if Kinsey or Padre refuse to accept the vote? Then we know they don't care what anyone thinks. I can't promise the system is foolproof, but at the core of it, it's as simple as that. Can you help me, please? Okay, I already said I would. I'll get my crew together. Thank you, Deb. I just hope you know it's not for me, it's for the whole colony. I know you and your people will get it right. Oh, uh, could I also ask you to help me carry all the ballots to the meeting hall? <sighs> Fine. Deb assembles her team and they go to the printer, where they can help gather up the ballots. Okay, go down to the meeting hall and start getting everything set up to do a vote. Okay, Deb, your people are going to sit here. They're going to hand you the ballot, okay? Make sure it's only one. Take it and put it in a box with all the others. There won't be names on them because we don't want anyone thinking that they're going to get in trouble for a bad vote. That's why you need to make sure it's just one person, one vote. Very important. Okay, got it? We'll tally it all up at the end. It's short notice and a little frantic, but you think you have everything in order by the time the hour draws near. Did Padre or Kinsey not come to check what I'm doing? On that thought, Sasha says, Well, you've been acting downright stupid all this time. They're probably not expecting you to do something they have to worry about by this point. Thank you, Sasha. It's all part of my brilliant strategy to act stupid until the right moment. I bet it was. Everyone shuffles in at the specified time, looking not terribly happy about being called to a meeting. Doesn't look like the entire colony arrived, but it is most of them. All right, hop up on stage. Everyone, I'd like to thank you for coming. I've noticed, as well as you, that the station has been suffering from a state of turmoil. And if things keep going like they have been, it's only going to get worse. So I've brought everyone together to go ahead and solve everything before it gets any more out of hand. You can see on the tables over there a bunch of pieces of paper and some pens. I've spent my own good money on that stuff, but it's worth it. Because you know what it is? It's a voting ballot. The hall breaks into murmurs. I've given it a lot of thought, and Padre's right about one thing for sure. Without its people, there is no colony. So it should be up to all of you whether we change our ways in the first place. Normally we'd hash this out between the band leaders, but today we stand divided in that regard. Some of you know who you want to lead, and some of you aren't sure. But what's on that ballot are several important questions. The first, whether you'd like to have a say in your government. It's all right if you don't vote for that one, because if you all agree that we don't need a change, we'll throw all the ballots out, and then I will personally choose a leader for this colony, besides myself, and end this standoff by following the usual traditions. But, if you'd like to choose the leaders yourselves, mark who you'd like to be in charge, and for how long. People start hesitantly picking up the ballots and looking them over. We're not going to collect the ballots right away, so if you know anyone who isn't in here right now, run and grab them. When we're all ready, we're going to hand your votes to Deb. One person, one vote, and then you leave the room. Once we start accepting votes, you can only go out. You cannot come in. We need to make sure that everyone gets counted just one time. A few people dash out of the room. Kinsey walks up to the stage as people start picking up the ballots. There's a lot of talk and excitement. Mason! Don't you think that by holding a public vote, you're violating the rules in the first place? This is siding with Padre. Now, Kinsey, I don't think that there's any laws in our long traditions that say how I have to base my support for a leader. If I make my decision based on a colony-wide vote, 
then that's no less legitimate than if I chose it myself. You know exactly what you're doing. It's only following tradition on the slimmest technicality. Well, if you want to stop me from doing things my way, then I choose Padre. Don't... Don't do this. Let me hold the vote, or I'm going to choose Padre. That's the deal. This is the darkest hour of our colony. Oh, that does remind me. Everybody, listen up. You may notice my name is also on the ballot. I just want to clarify that. If most of you vote for Padre or Kinsey, I'll respect you, and I'll officially support whoever you chose. But if you choose me, I'd like you to think of that as a vote for yourself. Because the fact is, I see a lot of potential in this way of doing things. See, I started to get a little out of my bounds in my pursuit of the colony's leadership and had some pretty weak ideas. I walked away from Lowry and Elvis. And since then, Lowry's been threatening to kill me. You should probably stop doing that. Never. But Elvis actually vouched for me after the fact, even though maybe I didn't deserve it. And you know what? Even if I pass away this very night, possibly because Lowry killed me, those guys will still be around, and so will all the rest of you. Each of our individual lives are like so many twinkling little stars. But our society, our nation, our people, that is something that endures beyond all of us. It goes past me, it goes past Brock and Kinsey and Padre, and it comes down to you, to your children and their kids thereafter, because after us, it'll be them who makes up the colony, which we built for them. When you guys are making choices on those ballots, it's not a question of what I can do for you. I am asking you to do what you can for this colony. And if it comes to pass that your grievances aren't being heard and your needs are not being met, then it is up to you. You. Up to you to organize and speak up and say, this is what I want. This is what I need. I am the colony and I will be heard. You are the colony. Because I am just one single flawed man, Mason. All of us are but simple individual people. Your thoughts, your hearts are all equally valid to mine. But all of them united together outweigh any individual. So vote for what you feel you should. I'm telling you tonight, I promise, as one of the band leaders vested with the authority to choose, I will choose with you. And if you choose me today, I will choose again with you tomorrow. That's all. The crowd applauds. Seems like that was the right kind of thing to say, and there's a good round of approval. But then Padre hops up on stage. Wise words from my friend, Mason. However, I would like to remind everyone that as noble as it may sound, truly the only way to bring an end to this conflict is to vote for either myself or Kinsey. As Mason's executive decision is required to end the stalemate officially in our current system, I represent all that Mason does and more, and will echo his sentiments to the fullest extent of my ability. I wish I could say the same about Kinsey, who appears to be in the corner there, sulking as the rest of us take our much-needed victory. I could never be more proud of this colony than I am now, and I look forward to a new dawn together. Thanks, Padre. Let's give him a hand. Uh, but as he gets down and everyone starts filling out your ballots, I just want to point out that if Padre isn't willing to break the stalemate himself by siding with the vote, 
then he was never taking any of this voting stuff seriously in the first place, and we can view it all as just a ruse for power. Thank you, Padre. Everyone starts filling out papers. As you look down at Padre, he's staring daggers at you. His face is turning beet red, and you can see the veins standing out on his forehead. He's viciously twirling his hair between his fingers. Yeah, suck it, wacko. Oh, oh, shoot, uh, Sasha, Sasha! Oh, that was amazing, Mason. That was a great speech, especially after all the stuff you'd done. This this is great. Great, thanks. Uh, but hey, you remember how we said we were going to get some people to stop Padre from throwing me out the airlock? Well, I got really excited about everything, and I think we may have forgotten that part. Oh, 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 that's bad. She looks over at Padre, who still appears to be boiling over. Yeah. Uh, I, I tell you what, I'm going to go find some of the demo crew, and I'm going to talk to Deb about it, and, and maybe we'll keep a few people near you for a while. Thank you. Sasha, this would not have been possible without you. Well, I hope you win. If only because I'm right there by you. Yeah, me too, I guess. Oh, hey, Lowry! Uh, so... Yeah, you know, those other rubes are gonna forget how stupid you are and forgive you because you made a speech and people's memory are short, but Lowry never forgives. I'm still gonna kill you one day, Mason. Well, whatever. I forgive you, Lowry. For what? You absolute piece of trash. I didn't do anything to you. You're the one who did everything. I forgive you for threatening to kill me? Okay? That's very serious, especially right now. People really thought that we were going to start shooting at each other, and you might have really killed me. Oh, yeah. I guess that is true. I'm not going to ask for an apology, because then I'd also have to apologize. And we're both men here, so... Right, yeah, right. I, I yeah. will never... Yeah, me... Yeah. But looks like it's under control, so we can all laugh about it now. Remember that time I said I was going to kill you? That's still going to be really funny when I eventually kill you. Yeah, okay, great. Glad we fixed the uh, broken whatever. See you around, Lowry. Elvis! Hey. I'm still filling it out. It's, 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 it's a really tough question. I'm still working on it. Okay, that's fine. Take your time, buddy. Uh, I just want to say thanks for sticking up for me in front of Padre back there. You know, you're a good guy. Uh, well, thanks. You know, a lot of my friends are addicts, so I, I get how it is to be frustrated sometimes. Well, still, uh, I was thinking, maybe if I get to be in charge, I ought to look into limiting whatever chemical it is that you're taking most often. I have no idea. Well, someone probably knows. It could be anything. Right. Well, we could probably try to get that under control and maybe work on some kind of rehab system, I guess. Uh, there's probably going to be a lot going on. Actually, maybe a lot of unemployment coming up, so it might be good to get ahead of illegal markets, like, sooner than later. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I hope you get clean, though. Like, I hope everything turns around for you and all. Yeah, uh, well, if you wanna. Before Brock died, he was gonna throw me a party if I stayed sober for long enough. And I can't remember how long he said I had to stay sober, or what the party theme was, but I was really looking forward to it. Okay, I'll think about that. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, it takes a while, but gradually, everyone fills out their ballots, hands them off to one of Deb's people, and then exits the room. When it's all ready, Deb's people start counting. She says, This is definitely going to take a while, Mason. If you like, I'll get together the final results, double-check to make sure the numbers line up, and then I can announce the winner at the colony meeting tomorrow. All right. Thanks, Deb. Uh, also, could I ask you to make the meeting announcement? I think it'd be better if people understand the counting was done by you as a neutral party, not something that I personally oversaw. I'll be sure to make a note of it. Thanks again, Deb. Uh, good luck to whoever you voted for, and then I guess I leave. You step outside, and right down the hall, Padre and his band is waiting for you. 
Hey, Mason! He starts walking towards you, his eyes alight with fire. And then your bodyguard, Sasha called together, come out behind you, and Padre makes a swift right turn down another hallway. See you later, Mason! Boy, you guys just saved my butt. You go back to your room with security detail in tow and settle in for some well-deserved rest. Real quick, you made a good speech, but can you give me an oratory role so I can figure out how the crowd responded to it? Okay. All right, and the next day arrives. You oversleep a bit, but awake to the sound of Deb on the intercom calling everyone to a colony meeting for the results of the vote. You clean up and shuffle on down to find everyone standing around, looking anxious and excited. There's kids up on people's shoulders. You see a guy going around selling souvenirs made out of pipe cleaners. Deb gets up on stage. Well, everyone, it was a grueling night, but the votes are in. They've been checked and double-checked, and the results are as followed. In dead last, it's Kinsey. I'm sorry, girl, I was rooting for you. In second place, Padre Rockero. And then the hall erupts. And the winner is Mason, to quite a few people's surprise, I'm sure. Enjoy your victory while it lasts. There are cheers and boos, and the crowd's generally going nuts. And then Padre storms the stage. Lies! Fraud! Mason cheated! Oh yeah, did your hair tell you that? Prove it, Padre. That logic is elementary. Deb supported Kinsey, but she knew that Kinsey could never win. So together you conspire to throw the vote to Mason. People start murmuring. Sounds convincing enough to cast a bit of doubt. Well, prove I did, Padre. Prove you didn't, you scum! Well, that's impossible. You can't prove a negative. So you refuse to even defend yourself! No, I mean, like, suppose you say that Bigfoot counted all the votes and then tell me to prove he didn't. But if Bigfoot doesn't exist, then that means he leaves no trail. Nothing about him exists. I can't prove that something doesn't exist if it really doesn't exist, because nothing about it exists. But if I did cheat, then there would be positive evidence of cheating. So, prove it. Kinsey steps up. It doesn't matter. As one of the band leaders and a vested authority of this colony, I cast my support for Mason. It's clear that this is what the colony wants, and as I hate to admit it, I can't responsibly push this on any further. Mason. I choose Mason to lead. You see, they're conspiring together! If Kinsey wanted to throw the leadership to me, we wouldn't have to stage a vote, Padre. She could have done it at any time. Liar. You think I don't see what's going on here? Well, your reign will be short indeed, Mason. Short indeed. He storms out of the room, slamming the doors behind him. His band then lets themselves out and hustle after him. Congrats, Mason. See you around. All right. Well, everybody, I'd just like to say, I know you weren't all hoping for me to win. But that's why we had the term limits on the ballot. Deb, how long do the ballots say I'm going to lead for? One year. One year. All right, that makes sense. That's usually how we gauge our important stuff. Well, everyone, I've done enough things in my life to not be worthy of forgiveness. But disrespecting the vote isn't one of those things. In one year from now, we're going to have another vote like this one. And if you didn't like how this one turned out, you'll have a chance to get someone new. Heck, maybe you'll even talk Padre into trusting this system again. Speaking of Padre, Elvis, you're following Padre on a warpath straight to the comms room. When he arrives, there's nobody there. Padre walks up to the system with the blinking light. Oh yeah, I guess Mason's gonna have to figure out what to do about that outside call. Probably keep ignoring it, I guess. Padre picks up the receiver. Uh, pa Padre? I think uh, you can't answer that. Communicating outside the asteroid is like high treason or something. You know, Elvis, I have been waiting for you to get it, and I don't think you're going to. 
Padre grabs for you. Ah! I reach into my pockets and throw a fistful of powder at him. Ah! Oh, it stings! What is this? I have no idea! I run. Mason! Mason! <laughs> Elvis bursts through the doors, screaming. Mason! Padre's answering the phone! What phone? What are you talking about? He's answering the outside call! Oh, jeez. Head out the door. Your security detail rallies behind and away you go. When you arrive in the comms room, Padre is looking out the window. The light is no longer blinking. The receiver is hung up. He answered the phone! He broke the law! The forbidden law! Prove I did it. Padre, did you answer that phone call? Prove I did, Mason. Padre, the difference here is if you answered that call, there might be real evidence coming directly towards us right now, and if what we've all been told is true, that evidence isn't going to be a metaphorical bomb. Oh, well, the burden of evidence is on you, Mason. Completely without warning, a massive, angular, boxy-looking ship painted in neon colors comes to an instant stop in front of the asteroid. It appears to be armed with many, many guns. It begins docking. Well, at least it wasn't a bomb. Grab him. Throw him in the brig. Your people grab Padre, and after a bit of impotent struggling, they start to drag him away. The rest of his band follows wordlessly after him. Except for Elvis this time, I assume. You deserve nothing, Mason. Bye, Padre. You rush down to the meeting hall, which is just outside the docking phase. As you arrive, the main doors are already sliding open, revealing about 20 large, boxy-looking aliens dressed in robes similar to the ones worn by the singers. But these creatures seem to be robotic, and move with a kind of mechanical precision as they scan the crowd from the doorway. Each of them is carrying an instrument, and they look similar to the platforms you've been using for mining, but these machines are fully integrated to their bodies. Uh, hello, new visitors. I'm Lowry, and over time I've come to realize that I don't really speak for anyone here. Maybe some of the women, but not most of them. Which I think makes me an ideal diplomatic candidate, because anything I say can and will be disregarded. Excuse me, excuse me, don't listen to him, I'm in charge. No, no, see, it's great. Diplomacy with me is like a test run. If it doesn't go well, you can pretend it didn't happen. I'm Mason, I've just been elected leader of this colony. Uh, to our new visitors, I'd like to thank you for not blowing us all up with a faster-than-light nuclear weapon. We all really, really appreciate that. Hey, don't kill this Mason guy, please. I've got dibs. Thank you, Lowry, I've got it. The lead machine strums its guitar, making an inquisitive noise. Bwum? Um. Oh, do you speak through music? Hey, Deb, could you get me one of the band platforms out here? Deb hurries off. The machines begin to skulk around, looking at the people and the general atmosphere of the meeting hall. The leader stops when he finds himself in front of a painting of colony members handing a box to the silent singers. The leader strums a low, powerful note. Boom. Uh, yeah. The singers. Do they make you mad? I don't know if you understand me, so maybe I'll just talk slower and louder. Do they make you mad? The group kicks into a death rock ballad. They seem extremely mad. Deb and her crew drives the band platforms into the hall and the machines gracefully taper off their music with a fade-out. Okay, guys, uh, go ahead and hop up here. What are we going to play? I don't know. How about... How about working in a coal mine? Yeah, sure. That song's pretty universal. Let's hit it! Working in a coal mine, something... Na, 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 na. The machines listen to you play for a while, then the leader holds up a hand. When you quiet down, they play Killin' in the Name of, but specifically the won't-do-what-you-tell-me part. That's Rage Against the Machine. But they are machines, though. I don't know how to interpret that one. Okay, point at the mural and play the I won't do what you tell me part. 
The machines nod enthusiastically and replay the same segment of the song. Okay, let's try Owner of a Broken Heart. Why Owner of a Broken Heart? Because think about it. If we split with the singers, that's bad, but we can't live without them. Owner of a Broken Heart is much better than the owner of a lonely heart, which is much better than the owner of a broken heart, and so on and so on. Man, communicating through music alone is kind of subjective. I mean, that's that's how they talk. I mean, you get that, right? Yeah, if you explain it to me verbally. Let's just try it. You play for a while. The machines respond with, Hey, mean Mr. Boss Man. Isn't that from SpongeBob SquarePants? Apparently, SpongeBob Seasons 1 and 2 made it all the way into space and then traversed intergalactic culture. Well, so did Rage Against the Machine. Well, why wouldn't it? Let's just play the same song right along with them. I can't really remember how it goes. Hey there, Mr. Boss Man, I'm working hard while you get a tan, something like that. Uh, I don't want to work for you anymore. The machines seem really happy when you join in with them, and when the song ends, all of them clap for you, simultaneously in perfect rhythm. Thank you. Clap back. The machines wave goodbye to you, seemingly quite happy, and then they turn around and go back to their vessel. Once they're all aboard, the doors close and they fly away. Once they're a safe distance, the ship vanishes. Well, okay. So the colony hall lights up with discussion. All right, everybody. Uh, Not much we could do about that. We caught Padre making a phone call outside the colony, and we lucked out. So just go to your usual business for now, try and get ourselves organized, set up a ballot tomorrow to figure out how to proceed and move forward. It's all we can do. And so, you put quite a few initiatives to vote over time. Things aren't exactly smooth, but ultimately the colony decides not to fill the tithe. The general feeling is that too much has happened and it was never going to work anyway. There are some critics of the new system who don't like how long it takes to actually do the votes, and the crowd sizes definitely wax and wane based on how many people really care about the proposals. But eventually, the year draws to a close. Everyone gets ready to greet the singers with empty tithe boxes. Their ship appears and begins to send the docking signal. And then, something out of the ordinary happens. The singer's vessel is struck out of nowhere by a faster-than-light missile, and they evaporate into a fireball before they can start accelerating towards the colony. Shortly thereafter, the starship of the machines arrives again. They dock and let themselves in, and as they march into the meeting hall, they're proudly playing Do You Hear the People Sing? They're bearing all kinds of supplies, advanced hydroponics equipment, more instruments, and video projectors, to name a few things. They show you exciting propaganda about their cause. Like you, they were slaves once to the singers, but no longer. Brothers in struggle, unite! And, while this new relationship does have its strings attached and they seem eager to invite you to join the battle, it does offer more freedoms to see other worlds, have new experiences, and to live for more than just the next year's mineral tithe. Mason, though some enlist with the machines, many people remain and expect you to continue leading, at least until the next election. I fought for this, so sure, I'll keep leading until the inevitable scandal that causes me to lose my office. How about you, Lowry? I think I'll hang around and settle down with Deb who I've come to realize is a lot more loyal and understanding towards me than I probably deserve. I'll infrequently remind Mason I'm still going to kill him, but eventually get bored and forget. And how about you, Elvis? I'll join the robot militia, get myself clean, then lose a leg in a horrible battle. But it's okay, they replace it with a cool robot leg. Then I'll come back to the asteroid to retire, and reminisce about the good times, and probably start drinking too much. And so it is. Life, never perfect, but with enough work and heads in the right places, at least a little better from time to time. Thanks for the game, Paul. Who's going to GM the next game? I feel like Lowry hasn't done one yet. Oh, come on. I hate GMing. 
You gotta do at least one on occasion, dude. I mean, everybody's gotta do one. Alright, fine. I do have an idea. The premise is based loosely on Toy Story, so figure out what kind of toy you want to be. Great. Get excited. Hello, I really hope you enjoyed that episode, and if you did, I would really appreciate your support on Patreon. You can find me under the name of Don Somewhere. I also have a website, donsomewhere.com, which has links to the Patreon and a couple of other things that I've done in the past. I've been posting things to the internet for a while now, so you can find old videos and other types of things there. Currently, I am basically a stay-at-home dad, and I have been doing my best to juggle my obligations here and to my kid. So the update schedule has been a little spottier than I'd like recently, but if you subscribe to Patreon, occasionally I do still do slightly early releases, or the very rare kind of audio log, or uh, just general commentary there on these episodes that uh, you, you won't see otherwise. It's not a lot, but it keeps me at this, and uh, I do appreciate the support. So, aside from that, I hope you guys have a wonderful week, and I will catch you for the next one. 